Hey guys, Paul Riddick here. Welcome back to the Baseball Dad Show. And in today's show, we're going to talk about how to get your son ready for the big game. So uh, like 15 years ago, I guess, uh, tournament baseball kind of started. And, you know, it, it used to be more of a local or even state type of thing where it started, there were more and more tournaments that players started to to play in. And then really, you know, over time, little by little, probably year by year, as uh, social media developed more, uh, apps started being developed, um, and even team sites that gave, you know, teams the ability to connect and organizers and um, uh, directors of tournaments, the ability to connect with teams and, and to get the word out about their events. It just seems every year it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger where it kind of eclipsed five years ago where it just now it's it's not only just the norm it's every town now probably has three or four different teams that are playing in multiple tournaments a year and it's you know i hear from people that are playing in tournaments almost every weekend um as many tournaments as they, as they can 15 20 tournaments um a year is kind of on the high side and there's people that are playing at least six or seven tournaments um you know throughout the spring summer and fall and so with that kind of be kind of can give the appearance of like quote-unquote big games and i really say quote-unquote big for a reason um i mentor a lot of young baseball players and um now i i've kind of been in a unique position because i can discuss with them obviously the game you know their their role in the game but a lot of times what we're what my job is is to really help them uh manage their emotions uh, so that they can you know perform as well as they are capable of performing so I'm really dealing with a lot of fear worry pressure anxiety um, uh, panic pregame jitters nervousness and I could never have imagined five or ten years ago that I would be kind of in this type of role with young athletes and it really just it, it parallels the rise in um, in tournament baseball because now we play a lot of play-in games, a lot of um, advancement games in tournaments that are multi-week tournaments, um, a lot of elimination games, a lot of uh, semifinals and 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 championship games and um, uh, finals and all all the things all these 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 words that we use to describe these games they can give the illusion that these games are important and i say illusion in that we're making these games up we're ma- you know there's if, if if i decide to to put together a, an eight team tournament and and i and i get a field for you know a few days in the summer and i put up a few banners and i make announcements and do some social media and get some trophies made i mean i can create the you know the world national champions of america you know and and i can crown someone a champion and something that is completely made up can feel like it carries some importance to our kids but our kids are going to play in this game and it looks real. The importance looks real, especially as these as these organizations and these events get have a little bit more glamour to them, a little bit more sparkle to them. You know, the trophies are a little bit bigger, and then there's rings, and then there's you know highlight reels, and there's awards at the end of the week or the weekend, and there's you know um, uh, video montages playing on a scoreboard, and and you're playing at at nicer fields and and bigger you know and even in stadiums and. 
it, it can feel like this is like really something important. But at the end of the day, no matter how much you know glamour and sparkle is on an event, it, it's still kind of made up. I had a dad, if you go back a few years in the Baseball Dads podcast, um, probably early on, maybe first first year, I told a story of a dad who said to me, you know, I played high school, I played Little League, I played all, you know, Babe Ruth, and I just never played in a championship game. You know, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't, you know, our teams were good. It just didn't happen because, you know, in Little League, you, you played five years of Little League and there's there's a town championship each year and two teams get to play in it. You know, and if you're not one of those teams, it doesn't happen. In Babe Ruth, same thing. And in high school, there's maybe a county or a state championship. And there's, so there's, there's really, there wasn't that many opportunities. So this dad said to me, he goes, I never played in a championship game. Now it feels like my kid's playing in one every other weekend. And I don't know, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle it. So how do we get our kids who, even though we can agree, we can agree all day long that it's kind of fake. It's kind of an illusion. It's made up. It's not real. These games really don't have importance. It's really hard to explain that to an 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, 16-year-old kid who it's important to them. And it looks real to them. So I'll give you some advice. Exactly what I would do if I had... Um, I, I just did it um, recently with one of my older players um, who was not playing in a tournament championship game but was playing in a big game for his career. Um, college player and step one in preparing our kids for the big game is don't play any big games don't make them big games don't don't ratchet up the pressure and then try and handle the pressure that's caused by that ratcheting up I see coaches all the time when they're giving pregame speeches. They'll say, like, this is it. This is our moment. This is the big one. we got to bring our A game. It's do or die. It's now or never. You're going to remember this forever. or You'll regret this forever. If you don't play your best, you need to leave it all on the field. You need to, and then, then, then at the end, they'll kind of cover their bets. And they'll say, like, uh, uh, and, but just go relax and have fun out there. <laughs> you know? And, and, and it, we're really giving mixed messages. We're kind of ratcheting up this pressure. And then we're saying, no, nah, just calm down, relax, just go have fun. And kids – Kids don't know what to do. And so, um, first of all, that's, that's always not always the best thing for, for different types of players. But once we kind of make it the big game, it's, it, it's kind of over. And so a lot of times, parents will hire me to, or coaches will hire me to talk to their players, to, to give them tips on how to manage pressure, deal with pressure, eliminate pressure, handle pressure. And my belief is that I'm not going to really help a player handle pressure that the parent and the coach and the situation is just making up. So the best way to handle pressure, manage pressure, eliminate pressure is not cause it, not create it. So if we don't create it, the, the temperature just doesn't get that high. You know, we're turning up the temperature all the way to a boil and then we're trying to drop ice cubes in it and an ice cube will work for a little bit, but eventually that will boil too. And so the minute you make it the big game, it's, it's kind of a, a real downhill um, uh, journey from there. So what I always try and do, and I've said this in other podcasts, in, in the movie Hoosiers, and I, I think I said it in the, in the first podcast of the year this year, there's a scene where the team from Hickory, right, that many of the kids have never left Hickory, go into this big arena to play in the Indiana High School State Championship. And they're like, oh, wow, and they're looking around. And the first thing Coach Normandale does is measure the hoop and measure the foul line 
And he's like, 10 feet, just like our gym back in Hickory. 15 feet, just like our gym back in Hickory. And it's a very powerful lesson in that the game is the game. So the game is 60 feet, 6 inches, 90 foot bases, right? Whatever dimensions your outfield are. The game is the game. Nine batters, pitcher, shortstop, second base. It's, it's the game. But once we kind of give a certain game more importance than any other game, it, dra- it just com- completely confuses the psychology of our, of our players. Because they think now that this game is more important, therefore I, must, I should do something different. And now we're actually taking them out of the flow that kind of got them there. You know, one of the hardest things to do with a professional player, um, a lot of my buddies coach in the pros, and, and they're, they can be frustrated because if a player comes into the pros and they, they see a way to help them, it's really, it's really difficult because you're basically asking that player to change what got them there. And so it's a really challenging thing to change um, a player in the pros. But we're at, that's what we're asking our kids to do. We're saying, you know, you played this way to get here, but this one's different. This one has more importance. This game, it means more than the other ones. This game's more important. It has, it has more significance to you. It will somehow be a definition of you in how you play. Now, sometimes they, they coaches, I've heard coaches flat out say that. You'll remember this forever. You'll regret this forever. If you don't leave it all on the field, you'll, you'll be pissed off for, for you know, the next couple of weeks and, you know, and they'll say, like, this will be a defining moment. This will be a notch on your timeline. Like we talked about last week, the timeline blemish. This is kind of how this happens when we ratchet up the importance of something. So once I kind of can see that, number one, we don't want to make it a big game. Number two is that nothing in the objective game has changed. So if you're playing in, the, in, a, in, a, in a scrimmage game in, in April, the bases are 90 feet. You're going to play seven, nine innings, whatever it is. Pitcher's mouth, 60 feet, six inches. Home plate, everything, same dimensions as the game that you're playing in the finals. And so if you want your player to play at their best, it's let, be, let them be free psychologically of trying to, trying, to, trying to figure out what they should do differently about a game that is literally the same game they played before. And so when we tell them this is important, they don't know how there's, we're not giving them any, anything differently that they should do. So they're left to just spin around in their head. And that's where you get this disconnect when you're telling them that this game is different than the other game or more important than the other game, but we're not telling them what's more important. All we're telling them is they should kind of be scared of it, or they should be more excited about it, or they should calm down or they should get fired up or, or whatever it is. And once we, once we kind of cross that, it's really tough. It's really tough because if I ask coaches if they want their players to be tight and intense or loose and relaxed, every coach in the world says loose and relaxed. But if we're turning up the temperature, we're boiling the water and just throwing ice cubes in there to try and get to loose and relaxed, then we can't get there. Some of the problems too is that coaches and parents can fall into the illusion of the importance of these games as well. And they can look important and they can look real. And I'm going to tell you what, the marketers of these tournaments or these like events like showcases and stuff like that, they're not dummies. They're good at what they do. They know just how to talk to a parent. They know just how to guilt a parent. They know just how to they know just how to do it. They know just how to convince you that it is important, that it is a defining moment, that it is different than any other game, that this some this this will somehow define you and if you don't make the most of it. So parents and coaches, they're they're people too. They have this they have a psychology that can be kind of twisted the same way. So 
my thing is is really threefold is, is number one I, no big games number two get them to see that the objective game isn't changed they have to go play this one the same way they played the scrimmage in in april and then three is to let it go to go out and just kind of play as hard as you can let the thing inside of the player go and and let that part of them that that animating force in them that energy that's behind them as a player let it rip not thinking that they have to be different, act different, or play different, or change something about a game that objectively has not changed. Um, and that's a process, and that takes time. But the single best thing that you could do to get your son ready for the big game is don't play any big games. And if you watch the rest of the movie Hoosiers, which I think I talked about, the pregame speech before the championship game was, you know, we're going to play our game, we're a good team. They're a good team. We're going to stick to our plan. And no matter what the scoreboard says, we're going to be winners. Now that is, see, that's the coach saying, this game doesn't define you. This game doesn't define you. This is just a game and we're going to play as hard as we can and win or lose, we're going to be winners. That is freedom to play. And everybody um, will do better with the expansion of freedom. No player does better with the restriction. Nobody, No player does better tight and intense no player does better when we ratchet up the pressure nobody does better with a gun to their head metaphorically or not so step one is no big games and um if you guys are interested in in this type of work i do with mentoring and working with um, young players you can go to paulreddick.org there's information there and if you want to ask a question this year on baseball that show we're encouraging you to join the baseball that's facebook group um, which you can link to at baseballdadshow.com. You can also link to it at paulreddick.org as well, and you can join that group, and you can ask your question there. And the reason why we're doing that is um, not only will my team get the question to me, which I'll answer here on the show, but also it, it gives you an opportunity to get the answers from the, I think there's about 3,000 dads in there now, that you might get some some great experience from other fathers that have kind of been there um, and, and maybe can give you some um, some answers to the questions that you have as well. All right, guys, see you next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.